Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening, and it is good to be back podcasting. I, uh, whew. 2020 has started with a, a figurative kick in the groin for old Frothy. But I'm doing better, feeling better, and it is good to be podcasting. I definitely want to thank uh, folks for their support. I especially want to thank Rob C. for reaching out and checking on me. You know, I love you, Rob. I don't care what Ray Otis from Plunderground says about you. I love you. So, thanks, folks, for being patient with me. And I'm back with Hump Day Blogorama, weekly show. The whole idea of this show is, uh, you know, shining the spotlight, highlighting what bloggers are doing. I'm a big fan of RPG blogs, a bastion of creativity and individuality in the RPG scene. And so this is just an excuse to kind of dip your toe in the the river of awesomeness uh, that blogs bring us every week. So I talk about things here that I spotted on the podcast, and then I put everything up. In order, all the links uh, at the Thought Eater blog, Google Thought Eater blog, go to frothsofdnd.blogspot.com. It's supposed to be a weekly show, but I haven't done one since back before the holidays. But I have been following the blogs. Maybe not as religiously as I typically do, especially during the holidays, but uh, I have been following and setting a bunch of stuff aside, so this is going to be a jumbo-packed show. And usually I'll pick out like 50 things through a week and kind of whittle it down. This was whittling down 150 things. So it took me an hour and a half or so just to kind of cut everything down to size and get it ready on the blog. So we will see. It's an all-day affair here for this this week's hump day, first of the year. So I want to get right to it. Uh, because there is, uh, there's no, no time to waste. It's going to be a lot. But before I do, under the intro tab, there are a few things I do want to mention. Uh, whenever I spot new bloggers, I like to give them a shout out on the show and put links up so people can check it out. So we got a few new bloggers that I spotted. Start with the Air Bladder blog. How about that one? Air Bladder blog. Airbladder.blogspot.com. They've only got one post up so far. And no name on this one. Maybe they go by Airbladder. I don't know. But airbladder.blogspot.com. They've got one post up on their Operation Unfathomable Hydro Cooperative campaign they're running. So welcome to the blogosphere, Airbladder. Also, the Life of the Party blog. Blog.orfredhair.com. Orf Red Hair's blog, The Life of the Party. And Orf has two posts up so far. So, life of the party, welcome to the party. Welcome to the blogosphere, or Fred Hare. Then we've got the Fen Orc blog. Fen, F-E-N, Orc, dot C-O, dot U-K. Renovating an old school RP gym. And so this looks like uh, mostly uh, kind of old school related. They started in December of 2019, and I've kept it going. So, uh, let's see, Fen Orc. Welcome to the blogosphere, Fen Orc. And we got another one, Young Dungeon, Teenage D&D, Young Dungeon, Young Dungeon Games, dot game, dot blog. 
and they just started in January. They got about three posts up, so Young Dungeon, welcome to the blogosphere. Those were the new ones that I spotted. The other thing I wanted to mention, I just had a friend in a game group, uh, not my game that I run, but a 5e game that I've been playing in, and she just went to Australia over the last couple weeks, and, uh, you know, you got to be living under a rock not to know about uh, the fires and everything going on there. I noticed this over at Phil Viverito's blog, These Old Games, theseoldgames.com. They put up a helpful collection of links to drive through RPGs bundles that they have uh, going to benefit uh, the efforts to combat the fires uh, in Australia. So there's a fantasy starship, modern urban horror, fantasy supplements, capes, grit, and gunsmoke. All these are different different bundles um, that you can buy, get a bunch of gaming stuff, as well as supporting a good cause. So if you're interested, I've got the link up to that over at Phil's blog at theseoldgames.com. Whew, I'm a little out of practice, but it's good to be back blog, uh, <laughs> talking about blogs on the podcast. So uh, here we go. All right, so 2019 is finally in the rearview mirror, and you know how I realize this? Because I finally started to remember to date checks 2020 the first time around. That's how I know the year has gone by, where I've actually retained muscle memory of the new year. Anyway, I thought uh, I'd put up some stuff that's kind of looking back on 2019, looking forward to 2020, and I'm starting over at the excellent Geek Native blog, geeknative.com, and I've mentioned this before, but on Fridays, they have this series called Routinely Itemized. Andrew Girdwood does this, and it's no wonder that I enjoy it because it's really a collection of links and RPG-related news and, and stuff that's going on, so... It's one that's, uh, what I do is I, I bookmark um, the posts that are tagged routinely itemized and then I'll check it on Fridays or check it every once in a while and see uh, see what's going on, what I might missed, what might I might have missed. And anyway, uh, on this one uh, from the 3rd of January, routinely itemized, number 29, about halfway down the page, they've got drive through RPGs, best-selling RPGs of 2019. And so it's a collection of lists of the top Western, top superhero, top pulp, top horror, top sci-fi. And so if, if, if you're interested in seeing what the top 10 of last year was, uh, you can check this out. It's actually got the best-selling RPGs of the decade. Um, and now I'll give a little caveat to this. I looked through some of these and like I was interested in the top Western. And, and some of the stuff that's like listed under the Western horror, I didn't really think fit the genre, but... You know, I think probably whatever people tag their stuff with on drive through, you know, is what ends up showing up. So something might have, you know, just a one adventure out of a whole group of adventures or something with a Western theme in it. And it ends up getting put in the Western. But but anyway, looking back on the decade of the top, uh, these are PDFs on drive through. Now, obviously, WotC doesn't do um, doesn't do PDFs on there of the main core books or anything. So, you know. Um, and some other companies don't as well, but, uh, don't sell their PDFs through drive through, but what it's still inf- interesting information and, and, you know, th- these things sold really well. So 
going through the decade, 2010, the Dresden Files role-playing game, did really well. 2011, New Vampire the Masquerade. 2012, you had an Exalted product, Shards of the Exalted Dream. 2013, Shadowrun 5e. 2014, another good year for Shadowrun, their Run and Gun book was tops. 2015, Mage the Ascension, 20th Anniversary Edition. 2016, Exalted 3rd Edition. 2017, New Star Trek Adventures. 2018, The Witcher. And that comes up again later. And then last year, the, the Cyberpunk Jumpstart Kit uh, that I've talked about a few times was number one. And so anyway, if you want to see what the top ten of last year and all these different genres were, uh, again, some of the lists don't make a ton of sense to, to see some of the things on there. At least they didn't to me. For example, under the Western, there was like a pulp game or something. And, and, and uh, I think something for like kids on bikes was on there. And I, you know, maybe... It, Maybe there was a Western part of the Kids on Bike Adventure or whatever. But um, but anyway, <clears throat> it's still give you an overview of what did well last year if you're interested in that. So you can check that out, geeknative.com. Another um, uh, traveler site that I mention a lot, the Zodani base, Zodani, Z-H-O-D-A-N-I, Zodani.space. They did the Zodani Base Awards 2019 where they were um, kind of doing what picking what they thought their favorite traveler products of the year were. And it's been a really, you know, the last few years have been a real renaissance for traveler. There are tons of great traveler products coming out. Cepheus engine has allowed third party stuff to really explode. And Mongoose has, uh, you know, got their second edition of traveler, I guess Mongoose second edition. And then traveler five, I guess is, is the new one. Uh, that just came out as well. So, I mean, it's a traveler overload. There's lots of stuff. So, uh, let's see. You know, they mentioned Freelance Traveler, which is just a great, great, great uh, online traveler zine. Uh, they call the Zodani Candidate the best adventure. Let's see. Behind the Claw from Mongoose is the uh, best product for original traveler. And best free or pay what you want, traveler. The hostile technical manual from Zoser Games, and so um, so anyway, and it's got uh, Cepheus Faster and Light was nominated there. I think uh, if I had to, I've got some, some classic traveler stuff, but I've, if I was coming to traveler completely naked, had nothing. I think that Cepheus Faster Than Light is a really really good product. It takes away a lot of the traveler stuff you might not use, especially as a beginner. And kind of boils it down pretty well, and that that is free as well. So Cepheus faster than light. It's good to see that on there. Anyway, if you want to see what some of the top uh, traveler um, products of the year were from somebody in the know, you can check that out at the Zodani Base blog. And then finally, uh, this was over at N World, not technically a blog, but people do blog on N World, and it was uh, they do a post every year. Uh, they do a survey of 2020's most, you know, the year's upcoming year's most anticipated RPGs. And so this is for 2020. Number 10, Cortex Prime. Now, I am really excited about Cortex Prime. I've mentioned that before. I've got a friend who uh, suggested that as something for me to run. They thought, um, based on my gaming, that I would um, enjoy that system. And I know that it has been um, kind of, uh, I guess... Maybe I don't I don't know enough to know exactly what happened, but it, it switched from one company to another. But so it's still being worked on. But I'm excited about Cortex Prime. I'll definitely be picking that up. So that came in at number ten, Fading Suns Fourth Edition. 
I know a little bit about earlier editions of Fading Suns, and so that's cool to see uh, people getting excited about that. There's a Stargate RPG. Now, I know there was an old Stargate RPG uh, way back, but this is uh, apparently uh, in development and based on the 5e open ga gaming license, so this will be Stargate you know, by way of 5th edition D&D, so that sounds pretty cool. Seven, Rivers of London from Chaosium. Uh, they've acquired the rights produced the Rivers of London RPG based on the best-selling urban fantasy fiction chronicling, chronicling the world of the folly. So this will use the uh, basic role-playing engine, Rivers of London from Chaosium. Number six, Swords of the Serpentine from Pelgrane Press. This sounds cool to me because I really do like the gum, gumshoe system. I recently picked up the Yellow King RPG. Uh, finally got it after you know waiting on the Kickstarter and everything. It is really, really good. And I like Trail of Cthulhu. I really uh, like Robin Law's uh, just writing and design in general. <clears throat> so this is a sword and sorcery game using the gumshoe system, which I'll be interested to see how they do that because the gumshoe system typically fits investigative style games. Um, you know, it's typically you know designed around that. So this might lead to some kind of sword and sorcery, fantasy investigation sorts of uh, games. So that'll be interesting. Warhammer Age of Sigmar, uh, the Age of Sigmar role-playing game. So an, uh, another Warhammer RPG uh, coming out. <clears throat> That's from Cubicle 7, who now has the uh, license and has been putting out all the, the cool uh, classic Warhammer fantasy uh, first edition stuff. Fallout from Modiphius. Never played Fallout. Don't know much about it. Looks post-apocalyptic, that sort of thing. Uh, but um, apparently there's like a war game already out for Fallout, and then now this will be the RPG. Uh, Cyberpunk Red, we were just talking about that. Uh, the actual, you know, the, the number one thing last year was really the starter set, so now this will be the actual game. Cyberpunk Red, there'll be a lot of people playing that. That's at number three. Number two, had not even heard of this one, Vason, Nordic Horror Role-Playing from Free League. Um, so a brand new RPG line from Free League Publishing, uh, a dark gothic setting steeped in Nordic folklore and old myths of Scandinavia. And number one from Modiphius, Dune. So yeah, that sounds cool. I love Dune and the new movie coming out. So, uh, that's sure to be a popular one there and no wonder it's number one. So, so anyway, just a few things to, um, to check out if you want to. Look back on uh, the biggest games and releases and everything from 2019 and what, look at what's coming in 2020. The map segment of Hump Day Blogorama is proudly brought to you by Frank Turfler, legendary anchorite of Frank T's Liner Notes. I've been backing Frank T's Patreon for a while. High quality, full color, world class battle maps, sci-fi, fantasy, and otherwise. Innovative print and paste terrain that brings your table to life. Multiple support tiers, including a commercial tier, which will allow you to use Frank T's creations in your own commercial projects. You can sample some of the quality of the work by looking for Frank's Free Map Friday posts. So whether you are a creator that is looking for some cartography for a new project, whether you are a GM gaming online or in person at the table, or you're just like Froth, a map junkie, 
and you can't get enough of this stuff, go right now to patreon.com forward slash Frank T and check it out. All right, let's take a look at some killer map stuff. Thanks again to Frank T for sponsoring the map segment of Hump Day Bloggerama. Uh, Frank T stuff is awesome. So I hope that I've turned some, some heads, uh, towards that. If, if y'all listen to this, you know, hump day and you hear me talking about that all the time and you're not clicking the link and you're not going to patreon.com forward slash Frank T go and check it out because there is some awesome stuff. And even if you don't back it, there's some free stuff on there, but, uh, I say you go in, go for it. All right, so I'm starting with a post from January 5th, Rob Conley's blog, Bat in the Attic, batintheattic.blogspot.com. Rob Conley, perhaps best known for their work doing cartography for various Judges Guild products. Now, this is kind of a two-parter of cool stuff. It starts with an update to the Majestic Fantasy Rules, Rob's Fantasy Heartbreaker. He's updated it so you can download a new revision of that for free and check that out. But then there's some news that gets mentioned where they're saying they're working on a draft of the Wild North. This will be a, you know, another hex crawl, hex area of, of their home setting. And, uh, you know, I've got the Black Marsh book that Rob did. is really good, really, really fun uh, and uh, excellent map, uh, hex crawl product that's, that's available for free. And so they put up a, a post that shows how the wild North will join with black marsh. And I really like Rob's cartography. So I thought I'd put that up and it'll also serve as an announcement for a new product from Rob as well as a free download. So a threefer. Then this is over at noise sand signal, noise sand signal.blogspot.com Kiana's blog. And they put up a post called map collection saying they occasionally make small maps this post will collect some of them in one place and not flood other posts. I say flood the posts. I love maps, but, but anyway, it's only got one map on here so far, but I really, really liked the artwork. Uh, it, it, you know, it's obviously lovingly hand-drawn and it almost looks like watercolor. I'm not sure exactly what they used, um, uh, to do the coloring of it, but, uh, it's a wonderful campaign map. Uh, and, uh, I, I like the bright colors of it. So I thought I'd put this up. This is over at noise sand signal.blogspot.com. Christian Richards comes up every once in a while, the crooked staff blog, crookedstaff.blogspot.com. They do great, uh, tiles, VTT, you know, virtual tabletop sorts of tiles. And they also do print and play terrain and some mini adventures. They do a lot of different things. And they usually make it available for free or cheap or pay what you want and everything. So if you enjoy Christian stuff, go and check out their Patreon and some of their products on uh, drive-through and this kind of stuff. But anyway, they put up a post collecting all of their VTT style map tiles from 2019. And so it's a cool image seeing all the different maps they worked on. And what's even better is it's got links to download the full-size images of those as well as their entire um bank of of uh maps uh 300 plus let's see what it says yeah over 300 tiles and they've got the link up where you can download stuff for free so a ton of great tiles that you can use to build your own dungeons and stuff if you're gaming online uh, or you know just to, to look at or work into your own adventures or whatever else so great stuff as always, at the Crooked Staff blog, crookedstaff.blogspot.com. Check that out. All of the map tiles for 2019. 
So this is the Incunabuli, Incunabuli blog. I had no idea what Incunabuli meant. It means a book of magic. <clears throat> and uh, this is Incunabuli.com. And so cool, cool blog. It's their gothic fairy tale RPG setting told through prose. So uh, an interesting blog that I've been following for a while. And they put up a map of the coast from their setting, a coastal map. And map's ridiculous, y'all. The map's ridiculous. And so um, I thought it was black and white, uh, very highly detailed, uh, excellent, excellent cartography. So this one really jumped out at me. Just the level of detail was really, really nice. And so if you want to see uh, what they're doing over there at Incunabuli, uh, and learn more about their kind of weird gothic fairy tale setting and everything. Be sure and check out this uh, this blog. Uh, there's some excellent work on here. Go over there and give them some love and check it out. And then finally, as far as the maps go, um, I didn't put up an image of this because there's a bunch of them. But Dyson, you know, legendary Dyson logos over at Dyson's dodecahedron, dysonlogos.blog, did a really helpful post. They compiled all of their uh, maps of inns and taverns into one post. So it's 16 different inn and tavern maps that Dyson has done. So this is a really handy link to have. Uh, I thought it was awesome and it was really cool, Dyson, to sort these out and make it really easy for you. Um, so anyway, if you're into Dyson's maps, which you probably are, right? Uh, and you want to take a look at all of their inn and tavern maps that they've done over the years, all in one place. I've got the link up for that. Speaking of maps, I want to segue into this section on The Witcher uh, because there is some, there are you know there's some map related stuff on this too. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't been watching The Witcher. Apparently, it was the most popular thing on Netflix last year, even more so than Stranger Things. Apparently, more people even maybe watched it than The Mandalorian. Of course, the new Disney Plus is relatively young, but lots of people watching The Witcher. And, uh, you know, to give my little review of it, kept me watching. Not sure I loved every part of it. <laughs> um, uh, it's, But it was, you know, I had a friend that watched it. And she, she said, I hated it. And I, and I binged it, you know, I hated it, but I couldn't stop watching it, you know, was, was what she said about it. I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was pretty good, but it was, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was different, put it that way. I had no idea what to expect. I'd never read the books. Um, so it was entertaining and it's, uh, you know, really, really been, you know, a huge success. So anyway, there were a couple of Witcher related things that I pulled, uh, you know, I, I decided to kind of section off under the Witcher heading. Obviously, I already mentioned uh, back in 2017, or was it 2018, it was the most popular download on DriveThru, The Witcher RPG. Here, we got Hero Press. What well, love the Hero Press blog, Tim Knight's blog, heropress2.blogspot.com. They've got an interactive map of the continent from The Witcher. And so you can uh, click on this map and, and interact with it and the timeline and everything. So if you're a Witcher fan or just a cartography th fan, you can go play with that. And then also over at the Tabletop Almanac, the tabletopalmanac.wordpress.com, RPG Reviews and Journeys in Gaming. They've got a review, this was back on uh, the 17th 
um, of December, a review of The Witcher. If you want to see what that game is all about, let me see if I've got a name for this blog. Uh, I don't have a name. If there's a name on here, I missed it. I apologize. But anyway, Tabletop Almanac has got a review of The Witcher, which probably got another big boost in sales uh, based on this, uh, you know, the the uh, the uh, show coming out. So, so anyway, just a little Witcher stuff. If you watched it, um, or if you're playing it, I'm watching it, and you want to end up, you could tell. This is something interesting because someone mentioned, and I don't know how accurate this is. I didn't do a ton of research, you know, I didn't do a deep dive into the research of it. But someone mentioned that uh, kind of in a similar way to Game of Thrones that it was based on, you know, someone's RPG campaign or at least parts of it were. And that makes a lot of sense when I watch the show. I can definitely see how some of the stuff developed through a game or, um, you know, it's got, uh, again, without doing any kind of spoilers... I really appreciated the way that spells worked in, in the show. That was one of my favorite things about it. And a lot of the spells felt like straight out of D&D. Um, uh, and again, I won't give you, you know, don't want to spoil anything, but a lot of them you're like, I was just watching like, oh, that's, you know, felt like a D&D related spell or, you know, something you would see in an RPG. And uh, more so than other shows that I've seen, uh, I thought it did a good job of kind of, having a, the, the, an RPG sort of feel to the way that the spells worked. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so Witcher stuff, check it out. All right, some reviews and retrospectives. There have been some big releases. Um, starting uh, talking off, uh, talk. <laughs> if my mouth is already failing me this early in the show, I am in serious trouble. But uh, yeah, so Emmy Allen, Cave Girl. Legendary Cave Girl Emmy Allen's Esoteric Enterprises has been released, the full book. And Emmy Allen probably needs no introduction. Gardens of Yen, Wolf Packs from Winter Snow, a bunch of other stuff. And uh, so, anyway, there's two different inter um, reviews of this one at the Chaos Magic User blog, magic with a K, magicuser.wordpress.com, and then the Throne of Salt blog. Uh, Dan's blog, it's throneofsalt.blogspot.com. So they're both taking a look at Esoteric Enterprises Complete. I was going to just buy this straight away. Then I looked at the shipping at first and I was like, no, you know, some of this stuff from overseas, I just got to wait for it to, you know, that's why I'm so thankful for the Exalted Funeral um, website because they'll often get some of this stuff you know, to where I can get it cheaper. That's how I just ordered actually, uh, Gabor Lux's castles and Tillin, uh, just came and as well as, uh, uh, BX essentials, old school essentials box set saved, you know, probably 50 bucks combined on those by doing it through exalted funeral. And so I know Esoteric Enterprises was on Exalted Funeral for, for a minute and sold out before I could even click a button. And I think they got some more back in there. So I'll be picking this up soon. So if you want to check out Emmy Allen's, uh, some information about Emmy Allen, Cave Girls, Esoteric Enterprises, I've got a couple links to reviews for you there. Speaking of Castles and Tillin, uh, there's a two-part review from Grow Dog at the From Kuroth's Quill blog, growdog.blogspot.com. So you can check this out. Uh, I just got it, took a look at it. It's really cool. It's actually an interesting book size. It's something like, 
you know, eight by 13 or something like that. Or maybe, maybe it's more like a six by 12 or something. It's a, it's a different kind of size, uh, but still feels kind of small, but not, um, uh, it's, it's somewhere between digest and, and full size, I guess what I'm saying. Um, anyway, the, the unfortunate thing though, is ordering it through exalted funeral it did not come with the map sheets. It's supposed to come with. So I've already hit up, uh, Gabor trying to see if I can get some PDFs of the map sheets. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, kind of a, a mansion slash mega dungeon sort of thing, almost like a Tegel Manor type feel. And it's got a two part, um, uh, a two part inter, uh, review <laughs> over at growdog.blogspot.com. I've got links up. All right. Tim Brandon, Tim S. Brandon at, uh, the other side blog, the other side.timsbrandon.com is looking at this game, Raul Partha's Witch's Cauldron. Um, from 1980 and uh it's just so it's just kind of like a retrospective post looking at this old game which is cauldron looks pretty cool kind of like a, a dice and chits game but it has miniatures which makes sense from raw partha and this looks like a a really uh nice uh interesting um kind of artifact here and uh so i had never heard of it or seen it and so uh, I thought I'd put this up for other people to, to look at. It looks very interesting. And I know Tim is really hardcore into witches, so it makes sense that Tim wanted to get their hands on this. A couple traveler things. Uh, starting at Tor.com, science fiction fantasy blog. Uh, uh, mainly deals uh, with um, uh, fiction more than, more than uh, games. But here they do a look back on traveler. Traveler, a classic science fiction simulator. So they're they're talking about how classic Traveler ties itself in with um, a variety of different books and, and everything else, and and just uh, so it's kind of like done as a conversation, like a back and forth um, uh, between the two authors, uh, Howard Andrew Jones and Todd McCalty talking about it. So I thought this was a good read through. You want to read something about Traveler? And then speaking of reading Traveler, I don't know where I saw this from. It's from an old mindspring.com site called Traveler Reading. And it's uh, link after link after link of, uh, of uh, and some of these links might be dead, but a lot of them are not. So, But it's just a, a huge collection of links on all kinds of Traveler-related topics. This will keep you going, you know, forever uh, as far as that goes. So it looks like it's last updated back in 2017, but a lot of these links are still good. So tons of retrospective traveler stuff there for you. All right. 10 foot pole, Bryce Lynch, 10 footpole.org. They do a review of the latest astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of Hyperborea adventure, which I just got a notification has shipped to me. I backed the uh, latest Kickstarter. I always support Jeff Tulaney and stuff. And this is actually not by Tulaney. It's by chainsaw, the lost treasure of Atlantis. And Bryce Lynch is typically kind of harsh on the Astonishing Swordsman um, adventures, but this one they really liked, so that means I'm going to love it. So anyway, uh, I love the cover on this too. Great Peter Mullen cover. Lost Treasure of Atlantis for Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperbore. You can check out that review. Review of a new Chaosium product for Call of Cthulhu, The Shadow Over Providence. This is getting reviewed over at Rolling Box Cars. Love this blog, rollingboxcars.com. This one is done by Modoc. Modoc's reviewing it, and they say that it's pretty darn good. So um, I just treated myself to the seventh edition of Call of Cthulhu 
couldn't hold out anymore. There's too much good stuff coming out for it. I wanted to go ahead and have it. So I picked that up for myself right around the holidays. And anyway, uh, if you want to check out this new scenario, The Shadow Over Providence for Call of Cthulhu, you got some information there at rollingboxcards.com. Finally, on the reviews and retrospectives, I told you there's a lot of good stuff. You know, that that uh, Castles and Tillin looks really good. The Esoteric Enterprises, a lot of people talking about that. New stuff for Astonishing Swordsman. New stuff for Call of Cthulhu. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on, and then we've got The Hero's Journey from James Spawn. Um, a lot of people say, I've heard people say this is their favorite uh, of the old school games, um, and a second edition is coming out, and uh, John Allen Large, legendary anchorite podcast doing the Red Dice Diaries, also as the reddicediaries.com, and also a YouTube channel, they somehow got their mitts on an advanced, advanced copy a PDF review copy of the Hero's Journey 2nd Edition, and they've got a review video up, so you can check that out now. Alrighty, let's roll some dice. Let us roll some dice. So I'm starting over at the Throne of Salt blog. I've already mentioned this, Dan D's blog, throneofsalt.blogspot.com, but they put up a couple posts that I really enjoyed. Uh, random tables from Twitter. They said they've been feeling dreary and uninspired of late, so they took to Twitter to get some requests for random tables. And so let's look through some of these and just roll. You know, they had various people, you know, make suggestions, and they, they came up with some random tables. So I'm just going to roll on a few of these real quick. Let's see. D10 Strange Potion Containers. How about uh, Quantum Glassware? Or perhaps... A miniature aquarium. Oh, that's a weird potion container. Uh, D10 rumors about the sea goddess's temple. What did I know about this? Yeah, making out with merfolk. <laughs> or uh, what else do I know about the sea goddess temple? Uh, it's been swallowed up by an enormous whale. Hey, adventure right there. And then they got a part two, doing more random tables. Uh, dread staves. See a weird staff. Uh, uh, petrified wood nymph. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's a cool staff. Yeah, it's actually a petrified wood nymph. Uh, let's do one more. Uh, here's one. D10 methods for getting out of funks. Spending time with friends. Uh, that sometimes works. Getting more sleep. Now you nailed it. You nailed it. So anyway, just a collection of about a bunch of different random tables that they did uh, uh, based on prompts from folks on Twitter. Then I'm going over to the Spouting Lore blog. Spoutinglore.blogspot.com <clears throat> Let's see whose blog this is. Can't remember everybody's name. I should have had this one open. I'm going to go ahead and open these other ones. So I don't have to put you through these awkward froth silences. Uh, Jeremy Strandberg's blog, Spouting Lore. Mostly about Dungeon World, Stone Top, and related RPGs. 42 minor magical items, Thief Edition. Uh, they were feeling wired and unfocused, so they went on a Discord, Dungeon, War Discord, Dungeon World Discord to come up with some minor magical items for thieves, and a bunch of people... Uh, came up with them. So 
It's a forty. It's forty-four items. So I'm kind of cheating with this uh, rollofdie.net blog or, or site where you can just put in whatever kind of die you want. So let's see. Sculpting putty, minor magic item for thief. Shape the soft putty however you like. Then tap a special tuning fork and touch it to the clay. The clay sets hard in exactly its current shape, as tough as a strong ceramic. Another touch from the tuning fork shatters it. Sculpting putty. Let's try another one. Uh, a ring of a thousand one keys fits in a pocket. Only seems to have like tennis keys at once, but there are many, many more. I like these. Let's do one more. A spy shell. Say one magic word and this conch shell starts to record what it hears. Say another, put your ear to it, and it plays it back. So like a uh, conch shell tape recorder sort of deal. So anyway, some creative stuff here that I enjoyed looking through. 42 Minor Magical Items Thief Edition at spoutinglore.blogspot.com Michael Raston, who I've talked about their Star Dogs game. I've talked about their Infinigrad setting. Uh, one of the uh, connoisseurs and, uh, and true artists working in the random table um, format. And um, they put together this post, the Star Dogs Galaxy Sector Creation Kit. And so it's got a drop table to help you get started, die drop table, and then a bunch of their previous uh, generators to help you generate a planet, planetary outposts, the NPCs, the aliens on the planet, dangerous sectors, a space station with NPCs, aliens, technologies, random space encounters, um, you know, just on and on and on, a ton of uh, stuff that you can utilize with that Star Dogs game uh, that I reviewed a while back. Or you could just use this really with any sci-fi game as well. So if you want to look through a bunch of generators and stuff that they've got together, a way of doing, um, a way of stocking a galaxy sector for a game, as well as mapping it. That's over the Lizardman Diaries blog, Michael Raston's blog, lizardmandiaries.blogspot.com. Uh, finally, on the random generators, I'm over at Rand Roll, Duncan Thompson's blog. So this is a really great um, blog, you know, featuring and focused on random tables and generators. And this one uh, was on the 15th of January, Post-Apocalypse Generator's Guide. So it's got, whew, where to start? Uh, Post-Apocalyptic Society name generators, ruin lands, apocalypse generators, post-apocalyptic junk loot, ancient junk, post-apocalyptic trinkets, cans of various food, zombies and monsters, uh, survivors, the dregs left behind with mutations and superpowers they might have gotten from radiation or, or what, what have you. And, uh, just a bunch of cool stuff as far as, uh, generating stuff for post-apocalyptic games. I'll tell you, you put this together with some stuff over at Elf Maids and Octopi and, uh, Lord. And then why not go with Mutant Epoch as the game system? And then... Well, profit. <laughs> okay, I cut stuff, you know, from every usual segment. You know, I had 150 things. I cut stuff. You know, I couldn't put all the maps that I had saved. I couldn't do all the reviews and stuff. But I didn't cut anything from the free stuff. <laughs> so, this might be an overload. Uh, looking, I think it's... Three, 
It's oh, you know, at least thirty things I'm about to list for you guys. <laughs> Maybe more. So, uh, the, you know, all you can do is just be thankful for the bloggers that put up this awesome free stuff because there's enough stuff this this week to you know there's I haven't you know, even come close to reading through all this stuff. And, uh, it's like this, you know, every week, maybe not as much as this, you know, this is a few weeks built on each other, but, uh, you know, it's like I've mentioned before, you can spend a lot in this hobby or you can spend nothing in this hobby and be totally fine. So anyway, starting over at Greyhawk online, greyhawkonline.com, there is a new, uh, edition of the Oith journal. It kind of was spotty for a while, but now it's been really consistent. So the Oith Journal, number 31, if you're a Greyhawk fan, D&D fan, the Oith Journal, number 31, I've got a link that'll let you download that one. Chris Tam, Elf Maids and Octopi, just mentioned them, elfmaidsandoctopi.blogspot.com. If you follow Chris's blog, they've been doing this series of kind of Stone Age, you know, caveman-related uh, random tables and everything. And they put up a post, Merry Christmas, you glorious bastards. And they've compiled their stuff into a PDF, the Stone Age Sorcery PDF from Elf, uh, from Elf Maids and Octopi. And so it's like 50 pages of stuff only Chris Tam could think of. Stone Age Sorcery, don't miss this one. 50 pages of cool stuff over at elfmaidsandoctopi.com. Over at the Nine and Thirty Kingdoms, uh, uh, talisman, almost positive it's talisman. Yes, I believe it's talisman. Let me double check. I'm a little rusty. I can't remember his name. Yes, talisman. Over at the nine and thirty kingdoms, nine and thirty kingdoms. Blogspot.com did a quick PDF of a hex sheet, a regional hex template, numbered hexes, and an area to record notes of what's going on in various hexes. You know, there are a bunch of these you've probably seen running around, but, you know, you check this one out and see if it might become your, your hex template of choice from 9and30kingdoms.blogspot.com. Skirples over at the Coins and Scrolls blog did Escape from the Last Sarai. Uh, and this is like a, an adventure uh, map. Uh, let me see if I can open this on the fly. It's got a Dyson Logos map that's been modified as well as, you know, and it's been keyed. So, um, you know, free adventure, basically. Let's see what else we got. Geeknative.com. I mentioned this before. They put up a post, Saving Christmas, Adventures and Monsters for D&D. It's got a couple of uh, kind of Christmas, whatever, holiday-themed monsters, like a tin soldier and a monster cookie. And then also an adventure called Saving Christmas, a 10-page uh, Christmas-themed 5e adventure. You can tell some of these posts are old because <laughs> you'll have to wait a long time to use that one again. But anyway, uh, Christmas-themed D&D adventure if you're interested. At Diagolev's Dice, D-I-A-G-H-I-L-E-V-S Dice, diagolevsdice.blogspot.com. They put up a post, Neon Sunset, a cyberpunk role-playing game, playtest number one. And so this is their cyberpunk game that they've been working on. A uh, role-playing game about career criminals doing jobs for and against their corporate overlords. 
And so it's, uh, you know, it's a playtest version, but it is up there for free if you want to check it out from Diagolove at diagolovesdice.blogspot.com. I just put up a direct link to this one because I don't know, can't remember what blog I found it on. I, I, but it's uh, a, a free adventure you can download from Google Drive called Frostfall, Frostfall North Pole Adventure. This was another thing right around Christmas. So another uh, 5e uh, Christmas-related D&D adventure complete with rabid reindeer and vengeful breadmen. So you can download that. Uh, Michael Prescott, whose uh, Trilemma Adventures Compendium Volume 1 uh, just recently came out, ha has gone right back to it and is, and is doing more of these kind of two-page, uh, some are one-page, some are two-page um, uh, dungeons that they do with these amazing uh, map and artwork. So they've got a new one up that came out on the 1st of January, The Incursion Egg. And you can download that right now over at blog.trilemma.com. Prescott stuff is amazing. A couple things I noticed. There may be, be more by now, but over at the middle finger of Vecna, I've mentioned this, Maychan Press's site, mfov.maychanpress.com. I've got a couple of links. They do a lot of 5e homebrew stuff. They've got a new otherworldly patron, the Dreamer, for warlocks, as well as the Path of Superiority for Barbarians primal path so these are a couple pdfs you can download they do some really quality homebrew for 5e if you haven't checked that stuff out so go over and look at that tim shorts is back over at gothridgemanor.blogspot.com and you know i love tim i love tim's patreon and so i get this stuff you know shipped out each month you know laminated nice i got this whole shoe box that's just stuffed full of tim Shorts stuff but the great thing about it is Tim also puts the stuff up for free. They said this is their 86th micro-adventure, their 140th offering for their Patreon. Unbelievable. And every one of them they released for free. So the Forgotten Crypt of Sir Reginald, a free download now over at Gothridge Manor. Legendary anchorite Tim Shorts. Over at the Buildings Are People blog, buildingsarepeople.blogspot.com, uh, Valsey's blog. Uh, they've got a post up called BB slash X. They've been using Nave whenever they want to run a published adventure. It's been nice, but they, and they haven't found anything better. However, they always house rule a bunch of it, have to convert a few things to make it work. So they, this is their system to use Nave uh, that features BX compatibility. So this is BBX. Uh, you can download this now for at buildingsourpeople.blogspot.com. Marno over at Goodberry Monthly. I've been following along, you know, talking to you all about their old Galax Hall uh, mega dungeon that they've been working on. And as they get to different levels, they end up putting up previous um, uh, levels as a Google Doc that you can download or print to a PDF. So uh, they're at level three, the old Galax Hall here. And uh, you can download, uh, it's got at the top of it, you'll see it's got um, links to each of the levels so far that you can download as a Word doc or um, print it to, or save it as a PDF. And also, as far as Martino's Goodberry Monthly goes, first of all, I saw them mention that they just celebrated their two-year anniversary of the blog, so congratulations to Martino. I love the Goodberry Monthly blog. And then they put up a post on Friday, January 3rd, saying Wizard City Hexcrawl. 
that they've been trying to integrate all the stuff they've been writing with their Wizard City tag over the past year or so into something more runnable at the table. So they made like a prototype map and have tied some of the posts and stuff together with different random tables and everything. So if you've enjoyed Martineau's stuff and want to check this out, it's a way to kind of tie some of this Gathics Hall and some of these other things, uh, random tables and stuff I've shared from Martin over the last year, you can uh, check out how they're putting it all together into a Wizard City hex crawl. Okay. Geek Native put this one up uh, from January 2nd. The Lost Vaults, 1,400 lost D&D 4E magic items converted to 5E. And so these are from the old Adventurer's Vault uh, supplements for 4th edition, and they've been um, converted into... Uh, uh, five, five E. So, so tons of, of magic items, uh, that you can check out. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even halfway through the free stuff, y'all. And I just looked at my, I record this on my phone. And I just looked down and it's like 10 minutes. <laughs> not even dent, you know, barely dented the free stuff. So anyway, there's a lot more free stuff coming tons. If you want some, you know, if you want 1400 plus old four E magic items, uh, for 5e, updated for 5e, you can check those free PDFs out. Crumbling Keep, I mentioned the folks over at crumblingkeep.com uh, before. They do some cool stuff. I mentioned one of their holiday uh, modules that they had done recently. And I really like this. I hope this becomes a series. It's called a Tinderbox Adventure. So these are just little one-page adventures. And it's this one's called What's Mine is Mine. And it's just like a one-page 5e adventure that you can download, print to PDF. So I like these little one-page adventures. I could stand, uh, I, I could I could dig a whole book of these things. Uh, really easy to run, really easy to kind of read through and review and get, you know, wrap your mind around it, um, as opposed to some of these longer, you know, you know, 200 and something page books. Sometimes it's, it's uh, much more DM friendly to have just uh, some one-page stuff. So I like the concept and the title for it to call these Tinderbox Adventures. So you can check that out at crumblingkeep.com, the What's Mine is Mine Tinderbox Adventure for 5e. Moving right along, the Dreaming Dragon Slayer blog, dreamingdragonslayer.wordpress.com, Maze Rats version 5.3, Hot Springs Island Hopping Edition. This is a modified version of Ben Milton's Maze Rats that they've been using to run Hot Springs Island. So, uh, yeah, so another kind of hack and twist on Maze Rats. You can chalk check out including new archetypes including the mystic and the vagabond and uh, uh, modified spells let's see last minute tables to use and everything else so pretty cool check this out if you're into maze rats and want to see someone's kind of hack and twist on it they've been using for the excellent hot springs island and check that out right now let's see here might have to refresh this page got so many open tabs yeah back over to geek native free to download elder evils for dnd 5e uh it's an elder evils was an official dnd 3.5 supplement from robert schwab that someone has updated and made a 5e conversion of 73 pages filled with elder evils so there you go more free stuff speaking of free stuff i got lots more <laughs> The Benign Brown Beast, benignbrownbeast.blogspot.com, Ian's blog, 
Crisis on Christmas. Uh, so what this is, is uh, Troika. What do we have here? Let me open it up and see what we've got. Something Troika related. Crisis on Christmas. Uh, it takes you over to their itch page where they have a seasonal supplement for Troika. Crisis on Christmas. Six new backgrounds, six new spells, six new adversaries, some details about the land of Arctica, and some inspirational fodder. So if you're into Troika, want to check out the seasonal supplement for Troika, that will, uh, the Benign Brown Beast link will take you over to their itch.io to download that. Blog of Holding. This blog's been around for a while, it seems like. They do some good work, too. And this one uh, is the 5e Monster Manual on a Business Card. Now, I don't have a date on this. Someone may have linked me to this, and this is not new. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, this is going back a little bit of ways, but it was new to me. So anyway, they show the math and everything that they've used to come up with this. Simple formulas to have a 5e Monster Manual on a business card. You know, if you need to come up with a monster on the fly, you can look at these formulas and kind of approximate one really quickly. So, pretty cool. Over at lestersramble.blogspot.com. Uh, Secret Santa Corn. Not Secret Santa Corn, Secret Santa Corn. And now this comes up again later, but I'm not sure if this one got added to the list. Uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. But anyway, they've got this post up, The Last City. And it is a, an, an adventure free download. Uh, Bitlove, The Last City. And they say, yeah, they stumbled um, one day, you know, they stumbled on it one day before the deadline for Secret Santa Corn. Anyway, forget what I said about Secret Santa Corn. I'll go in more detail about that later. Just the important part here is it's a free adventure. Uh, and that is over at lestersramble.blogspot.com. Come on, Froth. And okay, another Secret Santa Corn thing from Eldritch Fields. This is another downloadable PDF. All aboard the Terrible Dogfish. A weird pirate adventure with a supernatural captain and treasure. All aboard the Terrible Dogfish. Download it now at eldritchfields.blogspot.com. Melancholies and Mirth. Melancholiesandmirth.blogspot.com. This is Lung Fungus's blog. And Lung Fungus has The Giants Drown, Small Hex Crawl, plus Two Dungeons. So you can download this for free. Uh, two Dungeons, uh, Small Hex Crawl, and Two Dungeons. Download it for free. Okay. Hang on, Froth. You're a parody of yourself at this point. Over at the Awesome Lies blog, awesomelies.blog.wordpress.com, they do a ton of stuff about um, uh, one of the legendary campaigns of all time um, for um, Warhammer Fantasy First Edition, um, uh, the Enemy Within campaign. Golly. I need to make a little, drink a little coffee or something. Um, something sharpen my brain up but anyway i've mentioned this site before because they've done these great companions for enemy within uh great um you know collections of notes and and um handouts and and background information and everything else to make uh the sprawling campaign easier on a gm 
Here, they have put together a new document containing various aids for GMs of the Enemy in Shadows installment. And they say that most of this is taken from the Enemy Within Companion, their unofficial companion to the Enemy Within, but some comes from the blog and a small amount is new, and all the content has been updated to be consistent with Cubicle 7's Director's Cut edition. So anyway, if you're using the new Warhammer Fantasy 4th edition with some of the Enemy Within stuff that's coming out for that, this might be, oh, I can go ahead and guarantee you, this will be very, very helpful in running the campaign. Frog Sama's Greyhawk Adventures. Greyhawkadventures5e.com A free D&D 5e adventure, Sickness of the Gnarly Forest. So another 5e adventure for you for free. This one for second level, set in the Gnarly Forest, obviously, for, in Greyhawk. And this is... I don't see someone's... I don't see a name here. There's Frog Sama. So free 5e stuff from Frog Sama. Back over to Dreaming Dragon Slayer. DreamingDragonSlayer.wordpress.com Red Ink Adventures. Rules and GM Advice. A continually updated link here provided to their rules for Red Ink Adventures and a character sheet. They've adjusted some things to their Red Ink Adventures game. You can download the updated version for free at DreamingDragonSlayer.wordpress.com. Nave Plus Plus, a Nave hack, now available for free at the Man with a Hammer blog, themanwithahammer.blogspot.com. That's their Nave hack. At this point, it barely resembles the original game, they state. They've added enough bits and bobs to please their taste. And they've, and they, uh, you know, they've got character creation, playing the game, combat, spellcasting, advancement. You know, see someone else's twist on Nave now at themanwithahammer.blogspot.com. This is the Agile Goatman's blog. More free stuff. Stormforgeproductions.com. Grim Gears. They were introducing a game they've talked about in the past. Um, and they've made their own game. Grim Gears. Oh, no. Setting. A dark fantasy clock punk world where airships and cosmic abominations are the norm and witch hunting is a favorite pastime. Grim Gears is a game about surviving the witch hunts while gaining as much treasure as possible. Grim Gears. Over at StormForgeProductions.com. Wizards put up some new subclasses on a new Unearthed Arcana 2020. And... Uh, haven't even dug into this one. Let's see what it's got. A Path of the Beast for the Barbarian, The Way of Mercy for the Monk, Oath of the Watchers for the Paladin, and the Noble Genie for the Warlock. Clearly, Wizards is working on another Xanathar's Guide type supplement with more and more subclasses and player content. Alright, Delta over. Delta's D&D Hotspot. They come up again later. Love Delta. Delta's a legendary blogger, always doing something interesting. I really enjoy this blog. Here they've got an OED character sheet, their original edition Delta character sheet that they've been working on that will automatically generate your ability scores, encumbrance, and movement score as you go. And so, yeah, got that up. More free stuff. 
at the seven deadly dungeons. Seven deadly dungeons. Oh my God, it's 20 minutes plus of freestyle. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. It's a lot, but I, I mean, I didn't want anybody to miss out on this cool free stuff. And I'm sure I missed a ton. So anyway, seven deadly dungeons, seven deadly dungeons.blogspot.com. Another glog hack. The glog deadly dungeons edition. Download it now at seven deadly dungeons.blogspot.com. Finally, the last free thing. That's probably not the last free thing. The last free thing under the free stuff heading. Player Resources, a beginner's cheat sheet, or Dumpstat Adventures. Dumpstatadventures.com says the event, the internet is full of resources for D&D, but uh, D&D Beyond is a big help, but this is a cheat sheet, assuming players know nothing about D&D, a combat cheat sheet that you can download uh, that might be helpful for new players. So, yeah. Oh, man, that is a lot of free stuff. Thank you to the bloggers. All right, so... <clears throat> Phew, that was a lot of free stuff. Now let's get into some miscellaneous stuff. Uh, several cool things caught my eye. And I'd mentioned the secret Santa Corn, not secret Santa Cor, uh stuff earlier. So over at of Slugs and Silver, slugsandsilver.blogspot.com and Caligen TB's blog, they did a compilation of all the secret Santa Corn stuff. So if you're wondering what the heck is Fraud talking about, secret Santa Corn back in the G plus days, the idea was you would suggest something you wanted, like a random table, a drawing or whatever else. But then in return, you had to make something for someone else. So it was a bunch of DIY RPG folks participating. <clears throat> I did it for a couple times. It was fun. You don't know what you're going to get. So, you know, somebody could suggest something you're not totally not ready for, but it makes you turn on the, you know, the creativity and then in return you get what you were looking for. So this has been, uh, revived on the OSR discord. And so now instead of secret Santa core, it's secret Santa corn. And over at this of slugs and silver post, they've compiled, uh, several dozen of the entries. So, Lots of interesting stuff. You can see what people suggested, what people came up with. I had mentioned a couple under the free stuff that I knew had PDFs attached, but this is a bunch of other stuff. Some of it's just posts, uh, you know, without PDFs or whatever. But interesting looking stuff like uh, cryptologist class, skyscraper mimics, and other structural horrors, a tarot dungeon, and a bunch of other creative, weird, off the wall stuff. So check that out at slugsandsilver.blogspot.com. Troll and Flame, Norman J. Harmon Jr.'s blog. Uh, Norman's been killing it lately. Had a couple posts, one in the Gallery, gallery of Dragon magazine covers and a Gallery of White Dwarf magazine covers. Really cool to take a look at it, you know, to see them all in one place like that. So if you want to take, take a look at the Dragon and White, um, and, uh, White Dwarf magazine covers, at least the two, first 250 of Dragon and the first 90 of White Dwarf. Check that out at trollandflame.blogspot.com. And then Norman also put up another interesting post, the first monster manual. And they're talking about going to the Blanton Museum special exhibit on medieval monsters and how those monsters were kind of, you know, like a bestiary, like the monster manual with some images and stuff like that from medieval monsters. So very cool. Um, if you want to check that out. So good stuff lately from trollandflame.blogspot.com. Over again at Cannibal Halfling Gaming. 
CannibalHalflingGaming.com, Seamus Connolly ran into Keith Baker at PAX Unplugged, and Keith, creator of Eberron, uh, chatted with them. So there's a, a interview, you know, talking about Eberron, the new Eberron products and stuff uh, to, to read if you're interested. So if you want to uh, hear Keith Baker's take on what's going on with Eberron, there's an interview <clears throat> over at CannibalHalflingGaming.com. I enjoyed this post. This is at Lichlair, lichlair.com. Five DIY dice trays that you can make today. So if you you're in the DIY, not just create you know creating gaming, you know adventures and stuff like that, but want to create some of the materials. It's got ideas about boxes, foldable trays, converting ashtrays, making book trays, uh, photograph frame trays. Uh, lots of cool ideas. So if you're feeling crafty. Five DIY dice trades you could make today. This is Silene Born Gray posting over at lichlayer.com. All right, so over at the wrong kind of wax blog, the wrong kind of wax, this is mhuthulan.mediumquality.uk. The wrong kind of wax, Rob D. Alexander blogging over here. He's talking about they're working on some OSR type DD adventures that they want to publish, so they've gone looking for advice. And so it's a collection of posts from some OSR luminaries giving you advice on how to create adventures such as Arnold K. from Goblin Punch, Patrick Stewart from False Machine, Skirples from Coins and Scrolls, and John Miller at Into the Dark at the Into the Dark blog talking about Bryce Lynch's adventure design tips summarized and explained. So some good tips if you're uh, creating an adventure and you're stuck or you want to get a good overview of what... Some people have been fairly successful at it, had to say. So that's at the wrong kind of wax blog. All right, I mentioned a Delta and Delta's D&D blog earlier. Delta's D&D.blogspot.com. They put up a great post, Subterrain Surveys, Gygax's Castle Greyhawk. So it's talking about around 2008 when some people snapped some, you know, now pretty famous photos of Gary Gygax running Castle Greyhawk at a convention and how I was able to capture images of the map and the key. And they talk about how the fuzzy first level key was mostly decoded by Alan Grow, aka Grodog, whose Kuroth's Quill blog has already come up, along with Xenopus Archives that I've frequently mentioned here. And this takes kind of a deep dive into the design and the, um, the characters and the treasure and creatures and everything uh, from this decoded level of Gygax's Castle Greyhawk. It's gotten a lot of comments on this one too, so this is just kind of interesting post, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes OSR style uh, decoding Gygax's Castle Greyhawk from some photographs. So I thought it was interesting, and I also thought it was cool that Delta was uh, interviewed uh, along with Matt Finch as part of an article at Dicebreaker.com called "Meet the Original Dungeons and Dragons Diehard Still Playing by the 70s Rules." And so this is kind of a compare and contrast of classic and modern uh, D&D and what some folks had to say about it. So, you know, I like it all, but I still enjoyed uh, looking, looking at this post. You know, I'm, I don't expect everybody to, to like uh, 5e, much less 4e. But anyway, uh, I thought it was, it was a cool uh, feature on some folks doing, um, you know, still rolling old school. You know what I mean? So... Anyway, congrats to Delta on that. Delta's always doing something cool. It seems like I really enjoy that blog. Finally, on the miscellaneous stuff, Goblin's Henchman. 
who's also a legendary anchor right now doing the Goblins Henchman podcast, blogs over at goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. thing I like about Goblins Henchman is they're always thinking completely outside the box. In fact, they're not even in the same room as the box. Uh, they they're, have these interesting ideas that would never recur to me, such as this one. Do QR codes make interesting mazes, dungeons, or cavern complexes? So these like QR codes that you find on products or whatever that you can scan, what have you. And they've got the idea to, to kind of grid these things out and turn them into dungeons. <laughs> so uh, I just thought this was just really inventive and, and uh, typical of Goblin's Henchman, I would say. So you can check that out, goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. Do QR codes make interesting mazes, dungeons, or cavern complexes? All right, so for the final topic tonight, it's kind of a lot to tackle. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot going on with this one. Um, D and D, you know, Watsy just recently announced that the new D and D book is going to be Explorer's Guide to Wildemount, which is a part of their Critical Role setting. Critical Role, the wildly successful uh, streamers. And the reactions to this release uh, have probably been more interesting or adventurous or, you know, wilder than the Wild Amount book is going to be. And uh, I thought I'd, I'd have to talk about it based on, uh, you know, just the, the, the conversations uh, that I've been seeing and the book ain't even out yet, you know? So I guess the first thing I would say is if you had any doubt in your mind that critical role is insane, you know, is just amazingly popular, uh, stop kidding yourself. Uh, critical role basically is D and D in a lot of ways to a lot of people, uh, brought a lot of people thousands into the game and, um, you know, so for some of the first conversations I would see was, is people basically trolling and saying, oh, that's not D and D or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's one thing to not be that excited about the book. You know, I kind of collect every 5e thing, but I bought things like Acquisitions Incorporated that, are, you know, that are not, you know, going to see any significant time at my table, maybe ever. I'm sure I'll end up purchasing this at some point, even though I've only seen, you know, a couple of little critical role things. I don't have any ill will or, you know, a hatred towards it or anything like that uh, by any stretch. But, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I was, you know, super excited that this was the release, but I understand it. But I'm not talking about that, just having your own, you know, opinion and being able to, to voice it in a normal way. You had a lot of people uh, vehemently against it in a kind of a gatekeeping, trolling way, saying people aren't really playing D&D and this isn't blah, blah, blah. Someone saying, you know, the Critical Role fans, a.k.a. Critters, don't even buy the books. And this, you know, and, you know, they couldn't be more wrong. First of all, it's a lame to be that way about anything, but... How wrong you would be to assume that because instantly this thing was number one by every metric on every possible category 
on Amazon just in pre-order. And then I looked at it like a week later and it was still like number five just on pre-order. So the thing is going to be wildly successful. I have no doubt in my mind that aside from maybe the player's handbook, this will be the highest selling D&D book of 5e's run. Guaranteed. I have no doubt in my mind. And it's going to make a ton, a ton of money. So, yeah, there is no more powerful voice, really, in D&D right now than Critical Role folks. And uh, maybe Matt Mercer as a result of being the GM of that game. As far as just wielding sheer power, it is Critical Role. And while Critical Role is not D&D, to me... I mean, they play D&D, but I mean, it doesn't represent the whole of D&D. To a lot of people, in a lot of ways, it does. I saw posts from people talking about how Critical Role helped them through depression or how the community around Critical Role helped them keep from being evicted from their house. Or, you know, it is a powerful thing in a lot of people's lives and uh, for some people to to try to troll, be trollish towards that or or have that kind of attitude, it's sad and pathetic at this point to be honest you just need to accept it and, and move on <laughs> they're very very popular and have a huge influence over a wide swath of people and the book is going to make a ton of money they've already made a ton of money they're going to make a lot more money but the trolling trollish gatekeeping aspects are not are not that interesting they're more predictable uh what was interesting was to see criticism coming from other angles, like um, seeing folks criticizing them for not uh, having more marginalized or persons of color working on the book, uh, to people um, talking about, uh, you know, taking shots at them for not doing something independently, for working with wizards at all. There is, uh, was a lot of... Um, there is a lot of negativity towards Wizard based on uh, Mike Merle's, uh, based on uh, Merle's uh, defending some of the folks uh, that um, consulted on 5e. You know, people that have been since been kind of, you know, ostracized from, uh, from gaming, basically. Um, so anyway, there was a lot of that. And uh, so... And, and some of the, you know, I'm going to get into my thoughts on that. Uh, but I guess it's kind of a complicated thing because you look at it, this book coming out, and there are so many takes on it. Everything from, you know, stuff about corporate versus indie, stuff about using your platform uh, for, for, you know, to... Um, to you know, lift people up or to give people exposure uh, to people taking swipes at at it, kind of sounding like you know Grognard in the worst type of sense, you know, to um, just you know people that have a love hate relationship with D and D, love D and D, but hate Wizards of the Coast, and uh, and on and on and on. So yeah. It's, it's, uh, and this is just based on the announcement. It's sure to continue, and uh, these kind of discussions will continue up until its release. It's 
amazing that this show has become such a lightning rod for all these kind of conversations and everything, and that just shows you its power, immense power. Do not doubt the immense power of it. Uh, even if it isn't that way to you, it is to a lot of people, and if it's number one in everything on Amazon, just the day it gets announced, um, you know, well, here's my observations. My first observation is from D&D standpoint, from Wizard standpoint, it's a home run. They had to have been salivating at the mouth to get their hands on any of this IP and get make you know get any kind of angle they could to make money on Critical Role. Because up until this point, I guess all they could really do is maybe try to sponsor their streams to get stuff advertised, and uh, and what you know pay them to come out and and GM for them at you know at uh, events or something. You know they had no way to to make money on on this. Now they're going to make money hand over fist on this book. And presumably, although I did see that this stuff won't be allowed in Adventures League, I presume that this will allow for some stuff to be made on DM's Guild, which has been the case with every release. And they're going to rake in money hand over fist on all the DM's Guild stuff as, uh, as that basically just kind of feeds them for free. You know, it's just a free stream of, of money. So for, for Wizards, especially if they can continue to make it more products, make t-shirts, make whatever else out of this. For Wizards, it's a grand slam home run. They have to be basically dancing in their boardrooms. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining at, at, at Wizards and Hasbro. So looking at the other stuff, you know, like, let's see, you know, could the folks in Critical Role do more to give exposure and opportunities to marginalized people, people of color, indie games, and whatever else? Well, I mean, the answer is obviously yes, they could do more. They have a ton of power. When they did uh, Call of Cthulhu stream, I forget where I read it, but it was something like the biggest one-day sales or biggest string of sales for Chaosium they'd ever had. You know, there's over a million views, you know, shortly after uh, they ran one Call of Cthulhu adventure. And so it's no wonder, uh, you know, so they have tons of power, tons of power. Um, so, yeah, if they ran an indie game or, you know, promoted an artist or whatever else, that person's going to get a huge and significant bump. So, um you know, could they do this kind of thing? Do they have the power to do it? Yes, they do. And they could base, they're kind of, in some ways, kingmakers, uh, I would say. And you might be like, ah, for all that, I don't even watch Kurt. What are you talking about? Well, thousands and thousands and thousands of people do, you know. Just because you, you didn't go outside today doesn't mean this, you know, the sun didn't rise. You know what I mean? It, this is, I'm just telling you the way it is. <laughs> So, you know, um, at the same time, you know, I think of it like this. Do you love your job? Okay, maybe a few of you out there listening do love your jobs. There's things I love about my job. There's a lot of things I hate about my job. If somebody told me they're going to give me a million dollars or, you know, several million dollars 
I'm not going to stay at this job. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. You know, that's like the dream. Most people don't love their jobs. Survey says most people don't love it. You might like some things about it, like the people. Um, but everybody would love to hit the lottery and blow out. <clears throat> at least most people would. You know, when people start talking about, oh, I would never work with wizards or I would never work with Wendy's. You know, they did this whole Wendy's thing. I mentioned that in a, in a final topic a while back. <clears throat> Y'all have to excuse me. I'm not <clears throat> quite 100%, but, uh, you know, it's easy to say, I'd never take a million dollars from wizards. Screw wizards. I'd never do that. That's easy to say when you're somebody that no one's ever going to give a million dollars to play D&D, you know? That's, it is really easy to say when you're no danger. It's like me saying, I'm never going to pitch for the twin, Minnesota Twins, you know? Of course I'm not, you know? So it, all I'm saying, and I'm not saying people don't have integrity. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying when that million dollars or whatever it is, that million's right in your face and it's right there, you know, it's a little bit different. And talking to these hypotheticals, you know, about how, you know, uh, pure, pure you are, you know what I'm saying? Now, granted, something like Wendy's is a little gross, but at the same time, I mean, these are like voice actors that are probably, you know, a couple steps from living out of their car a few years ago. And then all of a sudden they're getting money, like generational money, like let's have a kid. The kid will be rich. Their kids will be rich. Generational style money. Uh, being able to be filthy rich, playing D and D of all things. And, um, I imagine they're probably still shocked from the amount of success they've had. God knows I would be, you start an online D and D stream. And the next thing you know, you've got the number one book in the world. You're, uh, getting given millions of dollars. People make cartoons out of you, uh, Wendy's is coming to, you know, uh, I'm just saying the moral judgment and all that kind of stuff gets a little, I, I, you know, I don't know how I'd react or whatever. I know that I don't want to work. <laughs> so I'm just saying it's easy to criticize when you're not in the position of somebody offering you generational money to play D and D. It's really easy to say, ah, oh, screw that. I'd never work with a corporation. Well, you know, the corporation's not looking for you. <laughs> and when there's that kind of money involved and that kind of success out of the blue like that, yeah, not sure what, you know, I, I know a lot of people change. It's like Cindy Lauper saying money changes everything. So in some ways, I think they're probably still trying to find their way and they're probably a little bit shell shocked from the money and who knows, maybe there's a little, I don't know. You can't deal with that much money and being able to all of a sudden make it and, and have that much, you know, be rich from D and D without there being a combination of things going on. Who knows? I'm not going to say arrogance, but you got to feel pretty good when all of a sudden you're, what a lot of people look at as D and D and you're making millions of dollars on it. You know, that can change people. That's just, that's just a fraud take on it. Money changes people. Money changes things. Money makes things that you normally wouldn't do, do 
easier to do, especially when you're talking about quit your job, never work again type money. There's also sprinkled in, you know, sprinkled into the legitimate concerns, the legitimate uh, suggestions and voices and, and, and folks wanting critical role to use the power that they have for good. They're sprinkled in there and it's natural. There's going to be a little, a little bit of haters sprinkled in there, which is absolutely natural. I mean, if you're not, if you're, if you can't get jealous of somebody making millions of dollars to play D and D, then you can't be jealous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause I'm jealous. Sheesh. I'm jealous as hell. Makes me want to, I wish I'd started a stream before talked to some voices, gotten some people together. Wish I'd been on the, the, the front line of, uh, of streaming, uh, this stuff and have it caught on who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to be in that position where your campaign setting is basically going to be the, the biggest selling, you know, D and D release. And have cartoons made of your D&D characters. And make millions and travel all over the world. Who wouldn't want to be in that position? So, I don't blame people for being jealous. Or hating on them in that sense either. I think that's just human nature. That's natural. I mean, look at everybody trying to have, myself included, side hustles, angles to make money. Doing stuff that they love with gaming. I mean... If you're not jealous of Critical Role, you're a stronger person than me. Because I'm jealous. I'm real jealous. <laughs> Hell, if you don't have a little bit of jealousy uh, of it, then what's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> Then you must really love your job. <laughs> uh, or already be rich or something. Um, so, you know, I think a little bit of that is mixed in, you know, but I think for the most part, it'll be interesting to see how they react and what they do with the power that they have. You know, I got to think, you know, you know, they probably in some sense, you don't know, you're not, you know, if you're promised tomorrow with it, you know, you don't know how long it's going to last. So, I'm sure they want to make as much money as they can in the shortest amount of time that they can while it lasts. But you would also hope, and I, I truly, I, I get the feeling that I, I, I like, you know, I don't know these people, but I like what I see for the most part um, from them. And I, I do have faith that uh, I, I have to assume uh, that they're going to use their power to do some good things. I know they already do a lot of charitable stuff and support folks. And I think they'll continue to do more. And, uh, I think people will push them, uh, to do more like they are. And I think at the same side, there's going to be people taking pot shots and hating on them every step of the way, uh, as well. You know, it's going to continue to be this, uh, very divisive, um, like I say, lightning rod, in the, uh, in the D and D community. So I don't know. It was very interesting. Like I say, the reactions were more, were far more interesting and exciting 
and uh, uh, dramatic than I'm sure the book will be. So, so anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, um, um, and anyway, the the links I put up was a tribality announcing this, the D and D wizards uh, announcing this, and then then a post over at USA Today talking about. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is popular again, uh, and uh, it, it and of course it, it goes into a little bit about streaming and Critical Role. You know, comes up. So you can't have a the part. The reason I put that up in context of Critical Role is you can't see an article now in a, in a major publication about D and D without Critical Role coming up. It's and most of the time it's the only stream game, you know, the only example of play that will get mentioned, and. Uh, that just shows you when when D and D is mentioned in a major publication, Critical Role is mentioned. So, uh, you know, if you ever had any doubt over the influence of it and the power of it, uh, you shouldn't anymore because this thing is going to be wildly successful, and it's going to continue to um, to generate um, a lot of strong opinions on a lot of different subjects uh, to do with gaming. And with just uh, commerce and, and entertainment and everything in general. So, yeah. Anyway, this was a, like an all-day affair working on this. Um, uh, but it's good to kind of get back into it. Um, jump back into the swimming pool, I guess. And um, So, I'm not sure what's coming next. I need to reach out to some folks that uh, I talked to about uh, doing some interviews for my Sunday Zine Club idea. Um, I'm going to see if I can't start to get that off the ground. Um, But this was the big thing to get to get through because I had so much stuff built up. So, um, anyway, as always, I am super thankful to folks for listening. Thanks for checking it out. I know it was a huge, long show. Uh, longer than normal, but it was more content than, than usual. So, uh, very thankful listener, very thankful to folks backing me on Patreon. Folks stood by me, uh, during the break, gave me words of encouragement. If you want to support what I do, if you like what I do and you want to spare a dollar a month and the old tip jar for froth, you go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater, just a dollar a month. And I'd love to have your support. I really would. Um, if you know, remember that all these links are in order over the Thought Eater blog, froth sofdnd.blogspot.com. Huge shout out to the bloggers that do this awesome stuff week after week, day after day, giving me something to talk about. If you want to message me, you can send a message on the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm forward slash Thought Eater. There'll be a voice message button there that you can send me a voicemail. Or you can email me, frothsof at gmail.com, frothsof at gmail.com. I don't know if there's anything else crucial. I'm exhausted. I'm done. See y'all next time. Let's go, Logan. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind.